Hi everyone, it's Helen Joy Butler here, Home Energy Alchemist, Sanctuary Creator and Elemental Space Clearer. And welcome to this episode of Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality. Today we have a sanctuary chat with the beautiful Cornelia Helga Schultz. Cornelia is a spiritual medium and expert at contacting sources of wisdom other than humans or the internet. She has a gift for detecting negative entanglements, especially when it comes to past life connections. In doing so, she is truly fascinated with getting to the core of what keeps her clients from achieving their aspirations. For over a decade, Cornelia has owned a business as a medium and coach in Berlin, Germany. Her spiritual path has been quite a journey, a long one in fact. Since last year, she shared her wisdom in helping lightworkers navigate and facilitate their life and mission whilst assisting in following their own path, their soul mission, or by resolving blocking elements. Hi, Cornelia. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Hi, Helen. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> I look so forward to talking to you. And um, can I tell you something? I love that name, Helen Joy Butler. <laughs> this is so good, really. I have my parents Great to thing. thank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a made-up name. It's actually my real name. So I have my parents um, to thank for that. And I just want to say to people as well watching on YouTube, I do have a little bit of a pyramid thing going on on my forehead, a reflection from a crystal in the window. So if that's um, there and you notice it, hopefully that's not too distracting for you. So, Cornelia, let's dive in because it's super early here in Australia. It's super late for you in Germany and it's amazing to be here and connecting. So can you share a little bit with us about who you are, how you got to doing the amazing work that you do in the world today? Oh, yes, I, I, I'd love to. So um, I was born and raised in Germany in Berlin. That's the capital, and I was born in 1970, uh, where the Cold War was still at its best, you can say so, yeah. And when the war came down, I turned um, 19 that year. And so it was, had been a big influence, all these political circumstances um, when I grew up. And yeah, I, I had a quite normal childhood and um, middle-class family, so to say, I, a traditional family, mother, father, and a younger brother. Um, so no um, <laughs> mix-up or so. And I was always very shy and introverted. And um, I always felt ugly and fat and really unsexy <laughs> and everything. <laughs> um, and, but there was no reason for that. When I look at my pictures, photographs from my childhood, I think, yeah, there is no fat child to see. So where did this come from? <laughs> Um, 
And later on, I found out the original why I felt that. But these days, back then in Berlin, um, everyone tried to feel happy and normal and um, spirituality or energy work or so did not really play a role. We had other problems. So um, yeah, just uh, get over the war. My parents, they were born right after the war. And um, yeah, we as the children, my brother and I, it was quite normal school and hobbies and some sports and so, and nothing spiritual. And so, um, and when I was, when I was 16, I had an accident at school and I broke a vertebra, my spine. And um, that was really heavy. And I spent a lot of time in the hospital. And um, the year after that, um, then the, f uh, the first uh, time spirituality appeared in my life, because our English teacher, <laughs> he brought a tarot card deck <laughs> to the class. And I pulled a card and I was really flushed by the meaning of that. And um, yeah, then I tried to dive in to Tarot, but um, I was not very good at it. <laughs> so this is the thing when you are a teenage girl, there's so many wishes you have and then you cannot put this aside so and but the story with my back was not finished I was out of hospital but I had pain the muscles had so um, declined during my stay in hospital and um, I, I really I had back pain every day and my N20s, I had slip disc one after another. And I tried all the things that were, yeah, um, you do at that time. It was in the 90s. And then my mother came up with the naturopath uh, way, but I had back pain and I could not really go out like other people or sit like other people going to to uh, to the cinema or so with me that was a disaster do not sit beside me <laughs> in the cinema because I changed my <laughs> posture every every three minutes so um and um then I had an operation and it did not really work. And some years later, I had another operation. And after that operation, a friend came up, um, was a new friend. And she said to me, I know Reiki. And I thought, okay, I did not know what Reiki was. <laughs> I give you a treatment. And then she um, gave me a treatment. And that was the first night for, 
I think six or seven years, I could sleep longer than three hours in a row. And then I thought, oh, Reiki is good. And maybe this friend, she should move in with me so I can have it all, all day. <laughs> and it was very clear that she did not want to move in with me. <laughs> and so I had a Reiki initiation. And really, fresh from the hospital, I still had all the... Um, uh, uh, um, I was not allowed to sit longer than 25 minutes a day those days. And during the Reiki initiation, I had to sit for over an hour in a chair. And I, I didn't notice it. It was okay. It was really okay. Like, it was normal. And um, after that Reiki initiation, I joined a training group or an exercising group, and we were about 10 people or so. And when giving Reiki, I always saw pictures and uh, colors and um, lots of information. And the other women in that group, they had warm hands. And then I told them, and she said, ah, that's strange what you have there. That's not normal. <laughs> and so they, they decided that this is not normal what I have there. And then I thought, hmm, okay, um, this is not the way it should be. Maybe I should not do this anymore. And I was really... Um, yeah, I was really concerned what happened. It was really, I touched people during Reiki and I could see histories of their life, not the current life, but something else. And um, yeah, <laughs> and that was a bit discouraging, I, I can say. And um, then I think three years later or so, I joined another Reiki group. Uh, and then there was only one person who could only feel warm hands and had nothing else. You know, see things, hear things, know things. <laughs> so it was quite the opposite. And the other side effect of that initiation was that um, all my... Uh, energetic spiritual channels open up and I, I heard about that there was a clearing of the big aura channel and something like that but no one told me that <laughs> I would become a medium right after that yeah, or <laughs> with a little delay and so I had no one to accompany me uh, that time and then I don't know what happened, but I heard voices all the time, even in the supermarket, when you know it was like um, vegetables talking to me. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> I, I thought I, I, I'm crazy. Yeah, I, I go nuts. So this is, um, and then that friend, Reiki, she said, "Yes, you have to go to." Um, that woman there, she does chakra clearings, and so maybe she can tell you something. And I went there, and um, then she said to me, yeah, yeah, 
this is something intuitive. You have this. And I thought, okay. But there was no advice what to do. Yeah. She she told me, yeah, maybe you should read something on the chakras and so. And then, yeah, I bought this chakra book. I still have it. And I learned everything about chakras. <laughs> and besides, I, I learned what you do, Helen. Yeah, I learned um, space clearing. I cleared my my uh, apartment my body and everything because I always thought there must be something wrong with me and I need yeah clean energy around me and and um, I'm so sensitive then everything must be clean so I can be clear yeah so um, and this is really so necessary to clean space after after a day <laughs> yes but yeah, i know people who do this once in five years or so yeah 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 we we did this when we moved in <laughs> i thought yeah okay <laughs> yeah so that's but going to be enough <laughs> that's, that's that's their decision but i i don't say anything so what tells me that uh, but um yeah that was really um a crucial part of my becoming a spiritual person and then that friend she sent me to someone else um they that was a specialist for a certain spine treatment there were only three in berlin at that time who did that method and when i sat there in a chair in front of that person and she said to me oh um, I can see you are surrounded by dead people. And I sat there and I thought, oh, what? Um, because I did not know she was a medium or something. Yeah, she was a physiotherapist in my point of view. <laughs> and I thought, aha, uh, uh -huh, okay. And then she said to me, yes, I can uh, send them into the light. And we did a little ritual together. And then we fixed the next appointment. And the next appointment, she said to me, yeah, there are uh, dead people around you again. And then we did the same thing. She sent them into the light. And I went home and we had the next appointment and the third appointment. She said again, oh, yeah, you are surrounded by dead people. And I said, yeah, but why is that, is that normal? Or what? Are other people surrounded by dead people and a lot of uh, souls around me? Yeah. Why are they there? And then she, she thought a little bit. I think she went into it and then she said, yeah, you have a mission with them. And then I thought, uh, uh, okay, and what mission is that? What do I have to do? The funny thing is I did not say, no, I don't want a mission with dead people <laughs> or something like that. I, I, I really said, okay, what do I have to do here? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think next time someone comes up with something like that, I will say, no, no, don't take it back <laughs> unless they, they don't give me further advice. Yeah. And then she said to me, yeah, you have uh, the task to um, guide souls into the light. 
And I knew nothing about that. I, yeah, it was clear what the light was. Yeah, but how do I send souls into the light? And she described uh, a certain way how to send um, the deceased souls in the light. Yeah, but there was something else in that story that came up very, very many years uh, later. Um, and then I thought, hmm, okay, I will do this. But I did not, I had no expertise, nothing. I did not know how to protect me or if that was the proper way I, I did this. I only knew after that that it was okay because I could not feel them anymore. That was the point where I could feel them. And then I knew, okay, most of the voices were from those people. Um, yeah, but I had a normal job in an office and I never intended to do this for a living or to do this more often than once <laughs> really yes so <laughs> i thought okay i do this and then i'm <laughs> then i'm free yeah i i did my duty and then it's okay then i can i can live a normal life and um but that woman where i went to for the chakra clearings um and she told me Yes, I can see in your Akashic record that you really have a mission with a deceased soul. And then I thought, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. No, I was really not amused. So I, I just wanted to be someone normal. And I just, I only wanted to have no more back pain. That was all I wanted that time. Yeah. And... But that woman, she she um, um, she told me, yeah, but why don't you have some sort of uh, training or so? There's a famous medium, Brenda Dables. She will come to um, Germany, I think, three months later or so. And why don't you sign up for that workshop about mediumship or so? And then... Yeah, I signed up, but that workshop never took place because Brenda Davis didn't come to Germany <laughs> that year. And so um, she, uh, the chakra clearing woman who turned out to be a medium herself, I did not know this is sometimes so interesting when you have a recommendation, you go there, okay, she can do chakra clearing. And I never looked on her website. Why? Yeah, so, and there were so many other things she did. <laughs> and, then, and then she said to me, yes, I can show you how to do this. I can teach you. And then she taught me how to become a medium for the contact uh, to the hereafter. And she also said to me that... Um, this is a task that not so many people have. This is written in the Akashic record. And um, if it was not written there, she would not tell me how to do this. Yeah, so, and then I had my training with her. And my, the day where I graduated, so to say, yeah, I had my first real contact to someone 
And um, the first thing I experienced then was how it feels like to have a stroke. And that was something that really was not nice. Yeah, it made me really recoil from getting physical information. So, <laughs> so um, all the empaths and so uh, I can't pity them because when you can feel in your body what other people have, um, what other people feel. Yeah, so this is not always nice because this is so modern. Oh, I'm an empath. Yeah, but this can be very stressful. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then I officially was a medium to contact the hereafter. And I thought, okay, this is this. I will never do this again. <laughs> so, <laughs> I had my normal job and everything. But these tasks, this is so interesting. Um, when you when you find out that you have a task like that or spiritual abilities, when you open that box, you can never close it again. So <laughs> I think you know that. <laughs> I definitely know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then there, there um, a lot of other trainings came up. I, there were so many things I. I thought it was interesting and I wanted to do them. And uh, I was still on the search for something um, to heal that back pain. And that took me a long time. There are so many things you can have in one part of your body, layer over layer. Yeah, um, and then you peel it off like an onion and oh there's still something more <laughs> and it's sometimes it's really discouraging but i i find uh, a way um to so, yeah to, to uh yeah yeah sorry to interrupt there no, no. <laughs> i just have this um this thought kind of nagging me that i feel like i need to to ask about which is a lot of people, even if they're not stepping into spiritual gifts, have this inner voice that says, what will other people think of me? And I know that that was something that I really had to struggle with on my journey through my spiritual gifts. And um, I knew that they were there pretty much from birth, well, before birth. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, in many lifetimes, but to openly, you know, whether it's have those conversations with my partner or start to share things in my business, which really said, you know, Helen can do this work, um, the spiritual work, and a little bit like what you're saying with that chakra lady, you went for to her for a purpose, but she had all these other gifts, and I think there's a lot of us in our work who are like that. So my question to you is, how did you, how did you go about dealing with perhaps your inner critic or your inner voice, which said you can't do this or other people will think you're strange or um, family or friends will say things that you're not going to cope with, but your soul and your heart and all of that was saying you have to go down this path. 
Like, did you have that voice and were there things that you did to make it easier for yourself? Yes, I had that voice and just someone telling me, yeah, just be a normal woman. Yeah, don't do this. You will never find a partner as a spiritual woman. <laughs> really, this is so difficult. Imagine me dating and if I would truly say the first date, oh, yes, um, I can contact disease souls. <laughs> and then he said, oh, yes, I will marry you or something. <laughs> this would not happen. <laughs> Um, so I mention other things and then if if we fit together in, in some sense and yeah I I have my outcoming <laughs> my coming out second date or third date and so yeah there is a strong need to be normal and also a strong need to follow that path uh, it can really tear you apart in some way. Yeah. And um, so I can absolutely understand when people say, oh, yeah, I, I love this as a hobby and I don't want to go deeper or so. Or if I go deep, then please nobody should know. So, yeah, that's, that's okay. There will be the point where you are really... 100% behind it, but that takes a lot of courage. And it also um, had not been so easy um, 10 years ago to say, oh, yes, I have a spiritual business. This is something when you want to uh, um, rent a studio or so, when you say you're in spirituality, this is very difficult uh, to rent something. I can tell there are other um, businesses <laughs> that everybody <laughs> would think, oh, yes, but um, this is more common than to them. So, and yeah, um, that's very, very true. Does this so, link, does this link beautifully with this concept of imposter syndrome? Yes, of course. This is always when you don't know, are you really good? Or so, and then there are there's so many proof that you make faults that is not perfect what you do that oh there was a missing detail and or, or people don't look happy when they walk out of my studio or something. <laughs> so, um, it it takes a lot of practice and a lot of courage to really dive into your own abilities and then you um depends on your personality sometimes i think i am always concerned that my clients are really happy after uh we have a session whatever session we have but um they don't always look happy but when i have a session with someone um, sometimes so much is coming up. I cannot really look happy. I want to cry or I'm exhausted or so. And there's some sort of misunderstanding sometimes that I expect people to look happy. <laughs> Maybe they're absolutely happy, but they're so exhausted and relieved. And so, and then you, you think, okay, um, 
I did not do my best today or something. Yeah, the inner critic, it depends on how you are raised. Yeah, my mother, she was never content with anything I did. So <laughs> I'm used to <laughs> be blamed for faults and something. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's quite easy to feel like someone who just um, fakes things. Mm. Yes, yes. So if I'm faking things, does that equal imposter syndrome? Can you explain that a little bit more to us? I think um, no one is really faking things, but some people are deeper in their uh, profession and some are not. And um, so it that you can always have a lot of expertise, but we are not the universe. We don't know 100% of the information. And the other thing it, it always takes too to tango. So if you go somewhere where the knowledge is not as deep as elsewhere, then it's maybe a sign that you're not ready for the deepest revelation of, of your energy field. And um, it, sometimes everything looks like fake, but maybe everything is real. You cannot really um, distinguish this. Um, and when I choose... Um, coaches or spiritual people where I want to go, then I have the same question. Yeah. Is that the right person for me, for example? But when I, I, I talked to um, a medium before I became a medium myself, I, I met her um, with, when I went out with other uh, women and then there came someone And she, she uh, stood in front of us. Yes, I'm a medium. And then I thought, oh, what? <laughs> this was something. I'm a, I live in Hollywood. <laughs> um, uh, and that was too much for me. She, she was really showing off with that. And But she had the courage. I can uh, say that now. Yeah. And... Um, Then she told me some stories from uh, colleagues of her um, doing telephone cons consultation or so and drinking a bottle of whiskey besides that. And then I thought, ah, okay, this is what I ever feared of, of this kind of business. So it, it exists. But um, as I said, when you um, choose someone and then it is the, the person who does a consultation um, and he drinks a lot of whiskey or so, then there is some sort of fit. It, that may sound a little bit perverted, but <laughs> it is like this. Yes. Well, it is like it is. <laughs> and we tend to attract the... The energy we need at the time it's like you're saying yeah. if we um if we have a reading with somebody or we go yeah. for you know healing or something we receive what we need at the time even if our ego or our head 
might be saying something totally different to us. Yeah. Really love to dive in, Cornelia, with past life experiences. <laughs> no, yeah. we've had many. <laughs> yeah. um, I had so many. And that was also something I um uh I got the information uh yeah as a coincidence you can say um before and was that yeah that was five years before my mediumship came out then that friend <laughs> she went to someone um, who reads the akashic record and then she told oh that was amazing and you have to go there and i thought yeah um that could be very um interesting and if if not it's okay yeah I had no expectations and uh, she came in the room and she sat down and then she told me a weird story about um, uh, a singer in 1400 whatnot or so um, married to someone not of her um, uh, social level and that person died then shortly after they met and I sat there and I was really I was so shocked because the way she described the characters that was me and my ex-fiance um three years ago and I thought oh okay <laughs> so that was so on the spot I was so shocked but I, I found then the solution why I ever had this um, relationship with him. So because after that relationship broke up, I was really destroyed. And I thought, how could I ever choose a man like this to spend my life? Yeah? So to spend the rest of my life because he wanted to marry me. And uh, um, and I had such a lack of confidence. How can I ever choose someone like this who is not good for me? And there was the solution. There was the answer because we wanted to meet again. And I obviously wanted to make it better because this time I survived that relationship. I did not die. <laughs> <laughs> that was good um that was good to know and i was fascinated by that it helped me a lot but then it was not um something i i would pursue at that moment that came some years later um and then i decided once i want to learn how to do past life regression myself um and during that training, I learned so much about my own past lives. <laughs> it was so amazing. And um, when once your um, once you know something about your past and how many characters you have, then it's so interesting to find out um, if something weird is happening right now. Is there a connection? to something else in the past or not. I'm always relieved if there's not, yeah, but 
if there is a connection, then okay, why not? It can be resolved too. And in the meantime, I, I know a lot of how to resolve all these vows and, and other things that really keep or stare and all these stories and TV series about the eternal love over centuries that can really be annoying. How can you ever find a new partner when you are born with someone 600 years ago? And some souls like me, we take that really serious. I, I swear that I will love someone um, uh, till death do us part, but the soul doesn't die. So, haha. <laughs> yeah, jokes on you. <laughs> some, some people, they believe it. Okay, the body dies and then everything is, is okay. Yeah. And my soul never believed, no, the body doesn't die <laughs> or no, the soul doesn't die. It's only the body. And so I'm, I'm still connected with this person and that one. And um, when you um, spend your life as a nun, which is very probably it's being a witch, being a nun, that was very common. Yeah? So then you were married to Jesus. And that is really, really strong bond. Yeah. And how can you ever find a new uh, partner if you are still married to Jesus very, very seriously? So that can really keep us. And yeah, then I had an, another initiation. I had so many initiations. It's really interesting. And during that initiation, um, I saw a big hand, a man's hand, and a pentagram. I did not even know it was a pentagram that day. Yeah. And I heard a male voice saying, I'm the greatest magician of all time. And I told this to the person who did the initiation, and he was in this life a magician. And he said, uh-huh. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I found it really funny, and he was really a little bit jealous. I <laughs> say, just come here, sitting there, getting an initiation to something totally different, and then I tell him that I am the greatest magician of all times. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> okay, and I found this funny. Then I did a little inquiring uh, inquiry if that affects me or my work. Somehow, am I still the bad one or not? And um, I was not. So I was at that time when I did that inquiry. Um, yes, so um, I'm not here to cheat people or uh, to do bad. And I do not want to conquer the world. Uh, to sum it up. So then I thought, okay, this is good. Um, but I, I really underestimated the impact of having been someone really evil in, in your past. And so I, I dimmed my light, so to say. Um, I was not ready to to open up fully to my spirituality because there was that little voice saying, yeah, be careful. Yeah, maybe, 
you never know, maybe you, you become the greatest musician of all times again. Yeah, Maybe that part of you um, will pop up again and then you turn into evil Cornelia and, and uh, you want to rule the world or so. And so that can really be a blocking moment knowing that you have been very very bad and uh, feeling concerned about becoming bad again and um, I had this with some other clients when they found out somehow that they had a bad um, personality in, in a past life and then they They are the total opposite of it, just to avoid that this will ever come up. And this is not a good solution because you live a life of avoidance. It's like you're going in a tunnel all the time. <laughs> yes, it's, okay, there could be something that could provoke my uh, inner parts so that. And um, yes, <laughs> um, but I found a way peace with that part really to make peace and I found a way to appreciate all these abilities I had as the evil magician because I can cast off all the other evil magicians of our time right now I don't know how I can tell yeah I don't know how but I know if there would be some attack I would know what to do and I would do it good so yeah amazing but, yeah I, I can tell you that uh, and I'm laughing but that was really a huge uh, step to find that out and to really be okay with that it, it, when you always want to be a good one a spiritual one or so yeah then then this is not so good if you have in your your cv oh yeah <laughs> that was <laughs> she was really bad once and now she turned um but spiritual people when you're really um interested in what you were and what you want to become you always have to look in your past and um that can really Uh, cause some uh, disruption, say. And so then you can doubt yourself and uh, you can trace everything you do that is not peaceful and mindful. Also, yeah, oh, yes, this is the evil part of me. Also, quiet. Mm. Yeah, don't wake it up. So, yeah, yeah. I know that the work that I've done with my past lives has always been illuminating, yeah. no matter mm. what. The, the messages as well. Let's move, because we're going to have to try and wrap it up soon, Keneally. I feel mm. like we could be talking mm. for a long time. Let's move just into this concept of sanctuary and because I feel as though your journey with sanctuary, whether you called it that or not, um, has been a part of your life because I call it welcoming home. Like you've literally welcomed yourself home through the journey that you've taken over all the years. Yeah. So when you hear the word sanctuary itself, what does that bring up for you? That word, um, it, this is not my mother tongue. 
Yeah, but I love that word. I cannot. <laughs> so this is something where I really feel relaxed at home and safe. This is the safe haven when I hear that word. And I did not really check it out where that come from. But and then I found out um, I created my home like a century. And then I, I read all your uh, manifestation of it. And I came like, check, check, check. Yes, that's, that's what I do. And this is so important. And, and even the thing with the body. I know that the, my body is the temple of my soul. And if I ever want to do something good to the world, the universe, other people, then I have to take care of my body. And I'm so happy that I found a way to make peace with my spine and the back and, and everything. It's not that I don't have problems anymore, but um, I know this is a sign and I'm not angry at my body anymore. And um, yeah, and this is an important vessel for all the wisdom we we carry and we want to share one day or another and yeah, yeah essentially you really need that you need a place where you can rest and feel safe and it's sometimes not so easy to have that at home even when you're especially when you are a bigger family or so but i always recommend couples when they come to me for something yeah, or even a coaching find a chair or some spot in your apartment which you dedicate this is the seat of peace and when someone sits on that seat of peace and no one else is allowed to disturb yeah and um, there <laughs> when you really dedicate a place uh, as a peace maker or peace bringer then there is so much power in this and um last time i told a couple this um then the woman she told me some weeks later yeah we did not find the perfect chair for that but i um i put a paper there on the spot where that chair should be And since then, we didn't have a fight anymore. <laughs> I thought, yeah, okay. So it's just that a dedicated. Is the best. That's brilliant. <laughs> so that was so funny. Uh, yeah, the, the piece of paper with the name Seed of Peace is yeah. enough for that. Oh my yeah. gosh. That, <laughs> if that doesn't equal sanctuary, I don't know what does. That's brilliant. Yes. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. We need that. And this is not overly exaggerating. We need that. We need peace. We need to rest. We need to restore. And um, sleep sometimes is not enough. We need places to be at least one seat of peace. Yes, yes. So and I, everything I can. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree that our body is... Yeah. This is our home and this is the vessel that we walk around with every day. And the, the building we live in 
is an extension of that. Yeah. And it's, um, it's kind of like this symbiotic relationship between the internal and the external with the space yeah. and our, our bodies. Let's talk about your spiritual, personal spiritual practices as a medium because we've spoken to a lot of people on the podcast and we've had such a range of people. It's always lovely to hear what practices they have and particularly a practicing medium whether your um, processes your spiritual practices are you know similar to Hmm. mine or anybody else just listening yeah so um i contact not only the souls in the hereafter but i'm also an angel medium i found out um I can contact the um, masters um, in the universe. This is a, there's another expression in German. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and for example, I, I did some um, meditation circles for years in a group, and then I I really had the angel of the day. I did not even know who was coming. And then we had um, contacts to the masters and for example, the Buddha or so. And it's always so interesting. And if someone wants to know what the spirit guide says or wants to give advice or so, I can do that, for example. Um, So these are all the sources of wisdom we were talking in the very beginning, but sources of wisdom also, I can also talk to the organs and the body and the spine. The moment um, I had that Reiki initiation, um, that lady, then she said, yes, I can just ask your spine what it wants. And then, and I lay down on her uh, bank there. And then I thought, I can do this too. I, I, just knew. I did not know how, but <laughs> I knew I can do this. So if someone has health problems or so, I can literally ask all the organs or, or the discs or something. <laughs> so the eyes, and sometimes it's really like you talk to a kindergarten. They're also chatty and <laughs> childish sometimes. <laughs> so, and it's uh, so helpful to have all these information to um, to get information, what is really needed, what's really wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this is why I do uh, for contacts. And um, yeah, I, I do a lot of energetic cleaning. Um, and um, I can also restore your energy field, for example, by giving the appropriate energies or information. And last year, I had a client and um, for a coaching, and then I found out, okay, she was a, a newcomer light worker, so she just discovered that she had abilities and she was not so sure what to do with it or so. Um, But she was sure she wanted to do something with it. And um, um, 
yeah, we had a little uh, coaching mostly on her body. And there I've, and then she said, oh, you are such a perfect uh, mentor because she made a huge step in her um, uh, spiritual abilities, really. It was from, uh, from one to a hundred or so. And then, then I thought, yeah, and I, I liked it. <laughs> I'd like to accompany them to, to, to tell her, okay, no, this is, you're not wrong. I see exactly the same. This is the correct information. When, yeah, who do you ask when you have doubts if you do the right thing? When you think, okay, am I the imposter or not? <laughs> who do you ask? Yeah. So you can ask other people. But um, not so many people are really made for teaching others. So, and I never thought I can be a teacher, but I obviously can. And then I... <laughs> the universe only sends you what you can. Yeah, that's, that, was, that was so interesting. And I can share my, my wisdom and all that, what I learned initially to help myself to find a way to cope with all that to uh, what to do with that task and and to overcome that um, and yeah so this is what I intend to do some some more mm, but that's amazing. in the meantime yeah I, I, I do readings where I can give you a, a complete overview over everything how your energy field is um, made are there problems? Do you have past life connections? And what is it? Um, do you suffer from voodoo and black magic and other things? And do you have a childhood trauma uh, story? So, so you don't know. There's so many. Do you have the lost, uh, lost siblings? Or so you suffer from and you don't know. There's so often that we don't know things. It's not because our parents don't tell us. It's sometimes parents don't know either. And um, mm, yeah, that's very yeah. True. I'm I'm really, I'm really someone who's very um, exact, and I want the holistic approach. I I don't want to give one information and then I leave you alone with the one hundred other problems you have. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> because I experienced it so much. <laughs> I want to give you as much information as you need to um, not only take the next step, but have the clear uh, vision to your goal. So whatever then happens from here between <laughs> to your goal, that can, that can be uh, something... Um, uh, difficult uh, but um, and you can say okay you will never find someone for uh, a loving relationship unless you are married to this or that one or maybe three person or more that exists yeah that's a good information so there you have uh, a good reason why something's not working yeah, that's so true. So Cornelia, if people are really resonating with what you're sharing today, where's the best place for them to find you? 
Um, I have a, a lovely homepage, a website, and this is my name, Cornelia Helga Schulze.com. And I also have a Facebook um, account. This is only Cornelia Helga. Um, yeah, and then I have a lot of plans, but that takes time. I always need a lot of time, and then I start through. <laughs> well, I will Otherwise, it. my my spiritual outcoming would have been a little bit faster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm so happy that change. Uh, there had been so much change, and there are so many young people coming and wanting to do something with their spirituality, wanting to do something serious with it, and or, and they want to enjoy it, and that's so perfect. And 20 years ago, we did not have this, at least in Germany, and uh, this, times are really getting better, and... Um, yeah, That's thank goodness. Great. <laughs> thank goodness. Yes. I will, Cornelia, I will put the links to both your website and Facebook in the yeah, show notes so you. the listeners can yeah. go and connect with you. But thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your wisdom. It's been such an honor to connect with you. So yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope you enjoy my stories about being a magician. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I have, and I'm sure the listener has yeah. too. So and, I can only tell to the yeah young light workers or in people interested in spirituality it's not always smooth sailing it can be so hard and but please do dare to ask someone what it is and sometimes you cannot even um tell what you can do what exactly are your abilities and it's good to have some help some some advice or so and then you can decide okay this is a hobby or this is my my calling and my next uh, business for example yeah but so true. well we don't know then um this could be everything and that can be scary. And I think spirituality should not be something scary. I agree with you. Thank you so much, Cornelia. And dear listener, yeah. if you oh, have, <laughs> dear listener, if you'd like to head over to the Helen Joy Butler website to grab your Sanctuary Starter Kit and join us in the Sanctuary Inner Circle, we would love to have you there. But until next time, take care and much love.